You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, your Masters 2019 preview is ready. A modified threesome of golf nerds breaks down the field, makes some possibly insulting suggestions on how to make this tournament even better, and gives some lucky noobs making their first pilgrimage some viewing advice. We've also got proof that Brooks Kepka is really good at golf, but maybe he doesn't love it that much, and Dwayne Wade's preemptive therapy. Bonus 1% Zabe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Wednesday, April 10, 2019. Thank you for downloading, and thank you, of course, for subscribing. Lots to get to today, including a modified golf nerd preview. Uh, Not our usual foursome. By the way, the Capital Golf Gang will return to the air on Sundays on 980 in Washington, D.C., Uh, This coming Sunday, live. We'll do a live version. We'll do it live. We'll do it live, as Bill O'Reilly once said famously in an angry rant. Doing it live Sunday morning, 8 a.m. on the Sunday before the final round of the Masters. I am then getting on an airplane with the fam dam to go to Orlando for spring break to do a variety of theme parks, hotels with pools and cocktail service, and then go down to Tampa St. Pete. So any suggestions for that area. Um, in fact, my friend Skippy Wolfram of uh, Hot Bikram Yoga fame said, come to my studio and do some hot yoga. And I said, nah, Skippy, it's too it's too hot. It's too hot. I don't want to do hot yoga. I'm sure it's great for you, but I, I haven't done yoga in a long time, not since the P90X days of seven years ago, eight, nine, something like that. So that's the plan. And I'm going to try to repurpose the Capital Golf Gang with the normal group of golf nerds and make sure that gets put up on the ZabeCast as part of the premium subscription. Before we get going today, though, I want to talk about a sponsor that had been running ads on this podcast, MyBookie, and some things that I've become aware of here in the last 24 hours. First of all, I have received no more than two or three people who have emailed me to say, hey, I got a problem here. And in the past, like I had referred somebody via email to my contact uh, at the website and it got resolved. And, And the person who emailed me saying, hey, I got a problem here, 
they went away satisfied. Got one more email today, somebody that wanted to you know cash out on their uh, winning ticket of Virginia, and they said that, well, there's a rollover, and I've got to hit this, and I've only got this much money, and they want $50 for a wire transfer, and yada, yada, yada. Then I saw on Twitter that Dave Portnoy, a.k.a. El Presidente from Barstool Sports, went full-on ham, hard-ass motherfucker on this particular book because apparently they called him out for being a fake gambler and saying, uh, oh, we would have taken your $250,000 bet on Texas Tech in the final. Uh, you should have should have taken, you know, you should have come to us. And then there was a flood of retweets of people saying, oh, these guys are scammers and I could never get my money and nightmare this, nightmare that, credit card stolen, you name it. Obviously, I don't like to hear any of this. I went into this really sort of like, okay, let's give it a shot. My agent came to me and said, hey, uh, this sports book reached out and they'd like to advertise on the podcast. And I said, okay, who are they? And they gave me, they said, it's my my bookie. And I go, okay, all right, well, let me, let me sniff around and see what I see. I had seen that they were doing a lot of stuff in the fall with a number of other podcasters and bloggers of note, including Pat McAfee, who had, I think, split off from Barstool at that time. I can't remember exactly when they went down. And I at least saw enough other people so... I thought, well, okay, you know, I'm not just taking some random sports books advertising money. There's some other people in this as well. So there's a little bit of a comfort in numbers, uh, first and foremost. Then I went to a website called sportsbookreview.com, which I had seen advertised on Clay Travis's site. And I don't know if he still advertised, you know, sportsbook review advertised with Clay, and it's a site that reviews sports books, offshore and international, everything else. It wasn't until I went to, to Sportsbook Review that I saw, holy shit, there are so many sports books out there, it's crazy. Anyway, I, uh, I went and I read the write-up on these guys, and they'd been around a little while, and they had a like, like a C-minus grade. Not great, but there were books that had D's and F's. So I thought, all right, well, middle of the pack, let's give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. So they bought an initial run of ads. Uh, they liked the response. Thank you for that. And then they bought another schedule of it. Then they came back for March Madness. And as of now, that's it. They don't have any more stuff booked with me. And honestly, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to, in fact, I know I'm really, I'm not going to be in this business anymore because it does have the potential to be shady. As Mr. X has told us, winning is nice. Getting paid is even nicer. Now, people that complain about, well, their rollover requirements are insane. I mean, it's like six X and I've got to bet all this. That was all in writing. I do think I said when they first started with me, I said, look, read their rules. Read their rules, read their rules, because they were they were lengthy. And they also are a, a site that says they cater to recreational gamblers. And so therefore they said on their rules they have the right to, you know, terminate accounts and shut down accounts if they think there's professional action or something else coming in to that nature. 
And yeah, the fees for electronic fund withdrawals seem excessive to me. $35 for a wire transfer, $50 for an e-check, two days of internal review, seven to 10 days to process your money. You know, it seems slow to me, but I do think that's the general pace of the online industry. That said, I only know of a handful of people who have come to me and said, hey, I've had a problem. And I have referred those people uh, to my agent who got in touch with our contact there. And so far, the two or three people that did have a problem, they seem to have you know, found a satisfactory solution. I certainly hope that's the case here. I mean, I've got some money with them, not a whole lot. Um, and I would like to keep winning a little bit and uh, get that money back at some point. But points to a larger issue about podcasting and advertising. And I really think this now cements it for me that I don't think I'll ever pursue advertising-supported podcasting because I'll never get as big as Adam Carolla or Bill Simmons where that kind of stuff makes sense. And and so, therefore, it's better for me just to say, look, I'm going to give you four days a week free. The fifth day costs five bucks a month. Yeah, you can free ride on the four days. But if you if you want to support what I'm doing, just buy the fifth day. Give me the five bucks a month, and, and, and I'll keep doing this until the end of time. It seems to be a much better proposition for you, the listener, and it's a lot easier for me because then I don't have to go run around like, okay, we got another sponsor. Great. All right. All right. Let's get the copy. Okay. How does it read? All right. How many times you want to do it? I know that it's easy to skip through the ads, and many people say they do skip through ads, not only on this podcast, but all podcasts they listen to. Um, but then, you know, from my standpoint, I got to go find a sponsor, convince a sponsor, get them on board. Then I've got to work with the copy. Okay, what do you want it to say? How long is it? Then I've got to read the copy, insert the copy. That's more editing. Then they wait to see, are they getting any response? Uh, nah, the response is kind of weak. Am I, all right, can we then change the message? Let's work on that. All right, let's uh, make a different offer. Okay, great. Then you have to invoice them. Then you're like, okay, I've invoiced you. Where's the money? You going to pay me now or not? You know, everyone, it, it's just too much friction. It's too much friction. It's better to just say on a smaller level here, here's a, here's a product to podcast. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully you love it. Hopefully you can't live without it. And to make it worth my while and to keep it going, I need five bucks a month. That way we cut everything else out. I do believe that with the way legal gambling is going in the United States, um, you're going to get more and more, pretty much the entire country will be blanketed with legal sports books that have digital components that don't have some of the friction and some of the hoops and all the other stuff you have to jump through with some of these sites. Um, but it's going to take a while. And I would imagine that both Virginia, my state, and Utah will be the last states to actually fully legalize it. But keep me aware. Let let me know if you have a problem and what that problem is. And I will do my best and leverage my standing as the guy who accepted their advertising to say, hey, what are you going to do about this? It's possible that because of this brouhaha that, 
you know, the the company, uh, you know, really tightens up and flies right here, and you might get even better customer service just because they're like, okay, hold on a second. We got a pretty big industry name challenging us, and we're going to step up and do the right thing. Or it could go the other way. And God, I hope that doesn't happen, but either way, lesson learned. Okay, that said, look at this. The WNBA has a new logo. God, I love logos and jargon. Do you know the WNBA is in its 23rd season? And they've got a new logo, new look, and a new brand. The league unveiled its plans on Monday, intent on embracing the optimism of the women across the WNBA in the building of, in the, and in building the next generation of fans. We are excited about all of it, said WNBA Chief Operating Officer Christy Hedgepeth. It starts with our purpose, which is to expand our audience and grow at a faster rate. We believe we'll do that by becoming more and more culturally relevant over time. It led us to a new target consumer, a new design target that's much, much younger. The 16 to 34-year-old millennials who are very diverse, very socially conscious, engaged in issues of today. But do they like basketball? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you're selling basketball. I'm not against the WNBA existing. I don't watch it. It's not part of my sports diet. But God bless them. 23 years. Now, they would have long since gone under without Big Daddy Warbucks NBA bankrolling many teams' financial losses. I don't know if any particular WNBA teams actually make money on their own. I doubt it, but maybe they do in certain cities where it's extremely popular. But the NBA decided a long time ago that this was a project they didn't want to fail because there was a rival women's league that did fail after a year or two. And so the NBA said, look, this is pennies for us, relatively speaking. And the benefit they had of the WNBA, I mean, it's it's a marketing tool. It's something that they can use to get out in the communities. It's a great thing for these NBA teams and the league as a whole to have to interface with corporate America to say, oh, absolutely, we've got, we've got the NBA and we've got the WNBA. And one thing that also was told to me about these NBA teams that have WNBA corresponding teams and I'm not sure every I'm not sure every NBA team has a corresponding W NBA team but one thing that was told to me was this gives us something for our staff to do in the summer in the off season cuz I've worked in an NBA office well not worked I was an intern but I I was in an NBA office as an intern during the summer it's fucking slow big time when I was with the Bullets as an intern, I remember one of my jobs was to go through old media guides and find all the errors and discrepancies that had been allowed to grow like weeds along the way about, well, this player played from this year to this year, and this guy had this many points, and I'm like finding all these errors and shit, like Muggsy Bogues, he, 
He never averaged 16 rebounds a game. Why is that in the media guide? Because the former PR director got lazy and was cutting and pasting and cutting and pasting and shit got all strewn about. But then the WNBA came along, and so now the same, there's a lot of you know NBA front office people that work on WNBA stuff, and they work WNBA games. And, and this is also very important, it keeps the arenas in use during the summer. And they literally say, well, it's not NBA basketball, it's not even Division I college basketball or Division II men's college basketball, but... It's a nice air-conditioned place to go indoors in the middle of the summer for not very much money. I know that sounds mean to say, but literally that's what I was told. If they're going to spend the money to keep the buildings air-conditioned and running in the summer, might as well have basketball in them. WNBA also has a new logo. It's the exact same as the old logo. It just doesn't have a box around it. I kind of like it. It's a silhouette of a woman shooting what looks like a hick a hook shot hick shot uh, a hook shot and you can detect in the tiny logo her hair is up in a bun get this this is what they said about the new logo the nba logo there's a rectangle around him he's in a box same thing with the g league logo and the previous w logo she had a box around her said hedgepeth the coo the box is going away it's powerful it's freeing, and it's expansive. <laughs> it's the first time the league will have a new logo since 2013. Fake since that. While the new logo won't be on the uniforms or balls until next year because of the lack of production time needed to do it, it will be everywhere else around the league. Hedgespeth insisted the logo was not modeled after one player and that the hair was a huge part of the conversation. Wow. The logo has a bun, which represents the way many players wear their hair. The league also has a new marquee partner in AT&T. They're a perfect fit, she said. They have such a great fit to diversity and inclusion and accurately portraying women in advertising. That's great, but do they like basketball? Brooks Kepka, Dude, do you even lift, bro? The the running joke I've had about Brooks Kepka since he really burst through and started winning majors, including the U.S. Open at Whistling, not Whistling Straits, U.S. Open at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin, followed by the U.S. Open last summer at Shinnecock, followed by the PGA Championship at Bell Reeve, where he famously held off Tiger Woods down the stretch on Sunday. He looks like the buffest, fittest golfer out there, even though if you put him next to a real NFL player, you'd be like, yeah, he's really not that big. But compared to the other golfers, he looks like an athlete. And I had read before where he said, yeah, I like golf, but I'm not crazy about it, or something to that effect. And I and, and I just thought, well, he's a former baseball player and so at Florida State, so maybe he is a guy that's just good at golf, but he's not necessarily obsessed with it. Well, my man Danny Purcell, uh, the upstate, the Rochester kid, as I call him, sends me this text tonight. Seriously, 
Further confirmation of Kepka's disdain, he says, for the game of golf. I said, oh boy, here we go. So I clicked the link. It's from a blog called bladedwedge.com. And the headline says, Brooks Kepka loses 22 pounds for ESPN the magazine body issue. Over the past couple of months, Brooks has been training twice a day, running and eating healthier. During this time, he has dropped 22 pounds from 212 down to 190 and has started to hit the ball 10 to 12 yards shorter off the tee. This reduction of distance has caused him to drop from ninth in strokes gained off the tee to 46th in that category and caused his swing to feel out of sorts. Said Kepka, quote, when you go from 212 to 190, there's not as much weight going forward through the ball. I don't have as much feel. I just feel out of sorts. Kepka's not concerned, though. He was asked about the weight loss after the final round of the players and responded, You'll see after Wednesday, I'll be fine. He also commented that he will be looking to pack back on the weight in the next couple of weeks that he's looking forward to having a cheeseburger, which he has not been able to do in a while. Kepka's recent weight loss is rumored to be for a photo shoot in ESPN, the magazine, and their body issue. Members of the media and fans have been concerned about how it could impact his season, his career. Assuming the rumors are true, I'm a fan of the move, writes the bladed wedge. No! I'm not a fan of the... This is asinine. He really was like, yeah, man, I got to pose for a a, a, a shoot. Uh, I got to pose for a, a, a beach shoot, a bikini shoot with my girlfriend. I got to do some more research on this. I hope this is... I hope I've not been fooled by this one. Please, God, tell me this is not trick bait. Not click bait, but trick bait. It sounds like it makes sense because I'm like, where is Brooks Kepka been, for God's sakes? Maybe that's the answer. Dude, do you even lift, bro? Dude, I'm 212. I'm kind of fat. I need to lose weight. Got to go do a bikini shoot with my girlfriend. Yeah, it's going to cause me to lose yards off the tee. And I'm going to feel out of sorts. And I may win- not win as much money. But damn it, I got to look cut. I got to look lean for this photo shoot. It is Masters Week, and we are out here at the Ronus Academy at River Creek. My man, Johnny Ronus, thanks for having us. Thanks for it's great having to be me. here. We thanks call this, me. and of course, one account roads over there. Dap Hello. it up there, Oops. one account. How are we doing, buddy? Good, man. How are Very you? Very nice. I love it. This is the Western contingent of my golf guys because Ronnie lives a million miles over on the other side of the market, Ghoul lives a million miles south of the market. So I like to get our Western contingent together to talk some golf. We got the Masters coming up. I mean, it's here. It's Masters Week. Is that a good tournament? What it's is that? All it's right. not a tournament. It's a tournament. Tournament. It's a tournament. 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 Exactly. And, and and one account you've put together a golf trip. I want to talk about this before we get to the Masters. You and a couple of guys are going out at Doral. Yep. Explain Leaving this one. At uh, three in the morning tonight. Tonight. This morning. Um, longtime friends. You You're know. driving down. No. 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 Why are you leaving at three in the morning? Well, we're meeting before the airport and then all getting in one car going to the airport we fly out at 6 45 a.m oh so, lordy um and i am <laughs> elated so you're staying excited. at doral 
staying at Trump Doral should Trump. be tremendous. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be tremendous. It'd be, it'd be fabulous. It'd be the best. Experience the best. Exactly. Life. Have you ever played there? Never. Okay. So no. you're staying at Trump, and then you're going to play, and then watch the Masters for four days, three days. All. The, so the concept is to start a tradition with my best. Unlike buds. any other. Unlike any other, Jim Norris <laughs> will not be there. Uh, Hello, and friends. to play early in the morning at a at a destination, and then when we're finished, find a cush spot to have a few cold ones and watch and the watch Masters. the tournament. And so you'll do Great. it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or are you coming home Sunday? Coming home Monday after our round on Monday morning. Lord have mercy. I'm playing mercy. six rounds of golf, all at Doral. All at Doral what on if you hate, all of the courses. What if you hate the course? Uh, how many courses are at Doral? Four or five. I believe four. We're really? playing the Blue Monster twice. Okay. And um, there's like the like silver. Like white, silver. Yeah, yeah. something like you that. You played it, Johnny I have played all of them, actually, but before the renovation. We played them in college. Okay. We had a tournament down there. I'm excited. The first course we play tomorrow morning right off the plane has water on 17 of the 18 holes. Excellent. Very nice. Plenty of golf balls. Yeah, there's a bit of controversy here because when Rhodes proposed this trip and asked if I was interested, I turned my nose up at Doral. I was like, hmm, I really like that place. And you you were mortified that I would be so dismissive. Weren't you? Didn't I cry? <laughs> I don't Have think you, you played there since the renovation? No. I, oh, okay. Dude, I, don't, you ca- know, I don't care to play there. You it's, know the world that he lives in versus if you throw the word budget at Zabe, he will pee-pee all over it. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no budget. Exactly. Yes. Opulence. I have <laughs> and his money. <laughs> That's not true. I have some budgets, but <laughs> I just... I, <laughs> not when it comes to golf. <laughs> no, no, no. I just have never been a fan of super flat, super Bermuda-y, deep in the heart of Florida golf. I'm I need some elevation, I'm baby. totally with you. It is to But me, I may be wrong. I, I could have blown it, Rhodes. I should have gone. I'm now jealous. Well... This is supposed to be the start of entertaining other venues every year. We've already asked them to price out Casa de Campo, Teeth of the Dog. Play there. Awesome. For the next year or two. We're not sure if we want to do a couples thing yet or just keep it as a guy's thing. (laughs) Why do you want to ruin it? Well, I mean, you know. (laughs) What? I didn't say that. Um, (laughs) What? We were looking at Sea Island, Georgia is another one, but we do want guaranteed warmth. We want we have to keep it East Coast because if you finish in Arizona after you're done playing golf, the right. Masters will already be on. So and- the concept is you go to play golf during Masters week because you play early, then watch in the afternoon. Yeah, and then there could possibly be some nighttime activities. Yes. Okay. I like that concept. I've never really thought of that as yeah. a concept. And we really do want to grow it. It's foursome this year, but we okay. want an eight to twelve. It's would be a- ideal. It's uh, it's almost like Costanza having sex and eating a big hoagie at the same time. You're watching the Masters, and it's a golf trip. Yeah. How can you beat it? I might actually put very, that on my bucket it's list. It's a very uh, similar correlation. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue, Zabe, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's talk about the tournament. What is the best story that could happen this week at the Masters? Tiger well, at 43 winning? The best story would be Tiger winning. Yeah, I think that would be the best story. I think the second best story and, um, you know, good for golf would be that Rory won. Okay. And then, of Rory course. Rory completing the career grand Correct. Slam. And then, of course, the last one is Larry Mice winning. Shut up. 
Okay. Larry it's not going to happen, but I think it would be a great story. <laughs> is is Mize still trying to knock it around? Sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, he missed the cut last year. That is a fact. Okay. okay. But he's still going to play the uh, the two days that he's entitled to as a former champion. I don't think he's called it quits yet. No, like he has What okay. about Sandy Lyle? He still plays. Okay, what about Marco Mira? Still plays. Frederick okay. Couples. Still what about plays. Trevor Immelman? Uh, plays and tries to win. What about Mike Weir? Ooh, I don't think he's allowed there anymore. I, I checked in on Mike Weir because I was doing the DraftKings thing today, and he has made one appearance in 12 months. So, One tour appearance. One tour appearance. So he either he's injured or he's... <laughs> He's running a child daycare. Really. These somewhere. are the things when it comes down to the next thing we're going to talk about. These are the things that make the Masters the smallest field yep. of any tournament. You have, I, I saw yesterday, you had 11 first timers, you had six amateurs. So right there, there's 17 that aren't winning. No chance. You have probably, what, eight or nine of the old timers that aren't going to win it. Right. And the field, I believe, is. In the what? It's in the eighties, low eighties. Yeah, 80, at 90, 92 or something like that. Yeah. So when we look at this, it really this is one of the reasons why we do see those same guys who who kind of vie for the title because they're the best players and there's not a ton ton of this crazy sideways competition and first timers have no chance at Augusta. It is blasphemous to suggest anything is not perfect with this tournament. You know mm-hmm. that a lot of yeah. people. Get all up in your grill if you dare to say, you know, the Masters really needs to do this, dot, 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 or that, dot, dot, dot. But I agree. The first thing they got to do is they got to make this field better and bigger. I don't want to hear about, well, we like we don't like going off 1 in 10 on Thursday, Friday. We don't like doing this. We want to allow for – this field is way too short for modern golf. And you just went through it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and the, it's not just that it's too short. It's how it's too short. Again, you take right. It's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not the ninety-three best players in the world right. who leave out at least fifty really good right. ones that were playing at TPC about a month ago. Sure, but it's also, and I'm not saying disinvite. You you, you want to have that flavor. It's fine. But we need thirty more guys that can win it. I agree. And then, but there is something about Augusta which eliminates a first-time player. So that's one thing. We've eliminated them. They are good players. Uh, my name is Danny Willett. Yeah. yeah. Willett was see, first time? I think. But, okay. had but you're right. Almost never right. do well, first time, last time. Is he playing this week? Yes, but he. <laughs> Will his brother be he tweeting? Sucks. <laughs> All right, so, Rosie, get in there. Tell me, what what would be the best story for you this week? Yeah, I agree with you guys about the field, and I heard a really cool suggestion on the Golf Channel. Don't remember who it was, but... Couldn't have been Chambly. No. Couldn't have been Nabilo. I'm sorry, on Golf... You're absolutely right, Brandel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, Brandel. It was actually on PGA Tour Radio, and they were talking about all the ceremonial players that still show up. And, you know, it's, it's part of the appeal to come to Augusta and see those guys every year so why not let them go out and have a senior or legacy tournament inside the tournament but yet they're not taking away part of the field that a normal major would have so they're playing for sort of an honorary trophy yeah of some just like you you do that on Tuesday Wednesday because the senior tour is basically 36 54 holes that's right that's you could have that, and you could have someone who's much older playing in it. You could have a Jack Nicholas playing in it if he really wanted to. He's not going to, but that's something that you could have Tuesday, Wednesday, and then practice rounds just work around it. Yeah, you could even say, you know, 
Yeah, so let's say we did it Tuesday, Wednesday, or how about this? Still Thursday, Friday, but your tournament's over unless you make the cut. Legit, like Langer no. did last well, year. Well, yeah, you could do that, but I think you should choose at that point which one you're going to play in. And if you're going to play in the full-time one, then yeah. you know, then there's got to be something to be said. If you're shooting 85 every year, you're not allowed to How, play well, in that. That was a big thing that apparently they had to send a letter to Gabe Brewer yeah. Yeah. saying, oh, Mr. Brewer, while you are still an honored ex-champion here, your participation in the full tournament has become a bit of a conversation point around the club. <laughs> Seems as if your ability to navigate the old national has become uh, strained, should we say. <laughs> perhaps the paw three the exact words. Perhaps the paw three and a succulent dinner would be more appropriate. <laughs> we will get you the requisite free shirt and hat yes. as per your champion's honorarium. Oh, I'll be you, at the dinner. We see you haven't missed a dinner in about forty years. Yeah, uh, that that's relevant, except for if. Our friend Billy Horney listens to your podcast every now and then. He should head pro where now? Prospect Bay Prospect recently retired. Bay? Really? From the Good PGA. But um, okay. we ran a master's pool one year about 96. And he had the first pick in the draft. And he jokingly picked Gabe Brewer, who was leading after day one. Shut up. No in lie. 96? Look it up. Wow, I'll have to look that so one So that's up. probably his rebuttal to that All mint right. julep letter. <laughs> On a more serious note, so best story you think is Tiger. What about Phil? Can Phil win? I would not rule out Phil or Tiger. Some people are saying, I heard Hank Haney was just ripping on Tiger. He's not going to win. He's 143rd in putting, 100 and whatever in three-putt avoidance. It doesn't matter this week. Augusta lights up the guys who know how to play it. It's going to light up Tiger. It's going to light up Phil, I think. Yeah, Phil has a much better chance than Tiger because Phil is hitting fades on those par fives, and Tiger's going to have to hit some high hooks or high draws around those um, yeah. par fives. And Phil which, won this year already. Yeah, and, and it's something that, again, it's going towards, you know, again, Nicholas was a fader of the ball, and he obviously won it more times than anyone, but he could turn it over where Tiger doesn't really have that opportunity as much anymore with the tool set that he has. Phil can just set up and hit as hard as he wants and fade it down there. So I give Phil a better chance than Tiger, but um, I think it'd still be a better story if Tiger won. Yeah, the um, the Masters, Zabe, when you drive down Magnolia Lane, all your past couple months' performance goes out the window, which is I, I would not discount Jordan Spieth this week. And he was oh, no, he has no as chance. I'll take a Jordan's, $5 wager on that. He won't make the cut. He stinks $5. stink right $5, yeah. both of you. If, by the way, Zabe, he doesn't make the cut, the whole team gets blown up. What do you mean? Everyone's gone. Oh, you mean all of the instructors? Instructors. Cameron McCormick. Should have been gone a long time ago. And not, I'm not saying he's a bad instructor. Obviously. How about Greller? I think he's gone too. I think he might just step back and go, why do I have to be away 50 weeks a year holding the bag? When Did I've, you I've hear top 10? He'll be top 10 this week. Okay. How did he finish at Valero? I know he was up leading the first two rounds, and then oh, I didn't see him. Totally caved in round three. I saw he shot 42-31 to get it back. I thought he shot 68 or 9 on Sunday. Okay, but he didn't win. It no. was, to your all's point, it was crooked as can be. I saw him hit drives that were almost 90-degree curves. Didn't he really? shoot 76 on day three? His overall, his, his four-day total wasn't even nearly as bad as... He finished like eight under. Okay. But it he was four under in the at least the middle or late of his third round. All right, how about this? Who has less of a chance to win it? 
Spieth or Reed? Oh, Spieth. Spieth, absolutely. Do you know Patrick Reed is on a milk carton right now? Yeah, he's... Do you know he's so desperate his wife, Justine, brought in David Ledbetter as a consultant? And let and the and the existing coach, I know your eyeballs are like, what? His existing coach, Jordan Reed, or I mean uh, Patrick Reed's existing coach is like, Well, I haven't heard that I've been fired. And so Ledbetter's like, Well, I'll work with whoever else is on the team. We'll divide it up. Yeah. I know he's got no top tens this year. He's made a good amount of cuts, but he's lost right now too. So Yeah. Again, it's just you walk on those premises and things change but so. you're poo-pooing beef even though things change i don't like either guy this week how about rick stinks stinks how about ricky how about dustin how about the fair-haired irish lad my favorite Rory. ricky i love ricky he's never going to win a major doesn't have a killer instinct so he's out what? and he's a great putter and he's i want to bet on that perfectly fit for augusta yeah. perfectly fit great he's putter, never going to win a major he's not even 30 so. yet yeah I don't think so. You crazy? Who, who else did you say? Dustin Johnson? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Depends yeah. how he can navigate steps. Uh, uh, I'm gonna try to hit a few <laughs> fades. Yeah. Uh, you know, the par fives are kind of short for me. Let's give it's, it a shot. He's a, a horse for courses, and I, you know, he's not going to win. All right. It's how Rory's about, game. How about do you lift, bro? Brooks Kepka. <sighs> I think he's how got great a good would chance. that? I be? love his mind yeah. for all majors. I looked up. When I do these DraftKing things, I like to look at the previous years. Mm-hmm. Where's he been in, at Augusta? I don't know. I don't know. He's been a bit of a mystery in that regard. And, and same, so, you know, to your point about uh, Ricky, he finished one off the lead last year. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, Mr. Never uh, Gonna Win a Major. And he is a great putter, which is why I don't know about Dustin Johnson at Augusta. I, I just, he's I, right. too wooden with the right. putter in his hand. Look, I'd be happy as heck if... Ricky won. Yeah, I would good be for sitting golf. there, and I would be the one of the happiest guys around because Ricky's a great player, and and you know my buddies associated with him very tightly, and I think it would be great, great for golf. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. Have all you right. guys noticed at all uh, yeah. that Ricky looks bigger, whether that be muscle or weight? He looks thicker. Uh, just I think he's this gained year. a couple pounds, but his haircuts. Man, not- I don't like it. His haircut's not right this year. Maybe I'm jealous. but I, I'm uh, definitely jealous myself, but his haircut's not right. Um, what about uh, some other dark horses? What about Fleetwood? What sure. about Molinari? So the weather forecast is for some rain, and that course will get very, very long for Fleetwood. Yeah, and very Molinari. Long. Yeah, and Molinari to an extent also. He's a pit bull. I, I would give Molinari a very good chance. But one with congressional, the rate, even, 78, 700 yards. And? So he maybe he perhaps we're discounting his chances on a long congressional course. Congressional or you mean Avenel? No, he won at congressional. Who did? Uh, Molinari at one of the AT&Ts. At congressional? Yeah. Don't remember that. But not wet. I yeah, he ba- went back to back that, that year. Not wet. Not right. wet. Molinari won at congressional. Uh, is there... Is there an echo in here? I almost want to bet you on that because okay. I don't think you're right I'm about that. I'm going to be so deep in your pocket by I, the time this week's <laughs> over. I thought Molinari's first PGA Tour win was at Avenel last summer. I don't know. Okay. I, yes, he did win at Avenel, but I believe he's won 
Oh, now he's sliding. I believe, Mrs. <laughs> I believe They would have had the event at Congressional in a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. If I lose to you, it, the worst is going to be I'm even because Spieth will win me the five. <laughs> I believe. Now that I'm thinking of it, I believe I'm completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, look, let's say Mo, it would not be Molinari? the first time. <laughs> All right. So I have a dark horse. I say Jerry but, Gallo. Okay, but everyone thinks only bombers win this event. That's so not. Agree. True, and even with some water, Mr. Ronas, they got this thing so firm and tight, man. That water, it, it goes through that Georgia sand-based ground, and they've got a pink, 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 and that, you know it's not hit and plug at Augusta. I You're right. I wouldn't rule out these guys that are not long bombers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But when you're hitting shots in a slightly softer greens that can hold, and someone's hitting. Um, well, you know what? It goes both ways. You're absolutely right. If I'm hitting a four iron and I have soft greens, at least I can hold a four iron versus Rory who's hitting a six iron or an eight, a seven iron next to me. So, yes, it does okay. go both ways. Here's why I think it goes both ways more re- in more recent times is because when they lengthened the course and there are now less fireworks on 13 and 15, a good wedger is in the same game. I mean, there aren't any eagles made. There's almost no eagles made on is that true? 13 and 15, Ooh. unless have, you're in the girls' event last no, week. No, have no, no. Have, have the eagles gone down on 13 and 15? Way down. Maybe because really? it's okay. harder to do, but there's still, I would still say at least 75% of the people are going for it. Yeah, oh, no, no. They're going yeah. for it. But I think there's no more wedges into these holes, I don't think. Um, so they're going for it with longer irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think they have... 10-foot eagle yeah. putts anymore. Right. They're not hitting um, nine irons in anymore, but they're they're all still going for it. So the eagles are out there. It's just, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult, which, again, you bring in some wetness, and now you're hitting a four iron. You put a four iron in Rory's hands that goes straight up in the air and lands on a soft green. You know, you're going to make some eagles. Let's hope that there's ample use of shot tracer like there was for the ladies' event. Yeah, there has to be. Do they do that at Augusta nowadays? Yeah, they haven't in the past. They didn't Sky, do it last year. Huh? Sky TV has used Tracer. Okay. And people watching the Sky TV feed on through whatever bootleg feeds are like, oh, they're using the shot Tracer on Sky TV for the Masters. I'm like, where is CBS? Lance Barrow, stop holding it away from us. I want to see it. Come on now. I hope so because it's something that, you know, especially Augusta with some twists and turns that they have. Um, you know, again, I'm sure we'll talk about the course, but the elevation change at that golf course, you talk about anti-flat. Um, oh, yeah. It is stunning to watch. And Shot Tra- Tracer could give us an idea of mm-hmm. of some of those things that you might be able to notice, but that place is unbelievable. So I was cool. there a year ago today, mm. and uh, I felt like I would know every nook and cranny of that course just from TV. But? And I did know exactly where i was at all times but to your point i mean it tv just doesn't yeah do it it justice justice. with the with the topography it's just tremendous it's tremendous it is all right so let's get let me just let's get a winner here and then we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back talk about the course tournament other golf issues etc running through it uh rory six to one dustin ten to one tiger 14 to one justin rose 12 to one we didn't mention him Number yeah. one in the world again this week. JT, yeah. Justin Thomas. Love 18 him. 18 to 1. I think he gets frustrated too easily. I do too. Yeah. Uh, John Rahm, speaking of frustrated, mm-hmm. no chance. Spieth, no chance. 18 to 1. Fowler, 18 to 1. I'd put a shekel on him. Molinari, yeah. 22 to 1. I would not discount him. Kepka, dude, do you lift, bro? 22 to 1. 
Bryson DeChambeau, we didn't mention him, 28 to 1. The mad scientist. All right, you got 300 bucks. Yeah. They have to be put down in $100 increments. Yeah. Give me your three that you put $100 on. Well, just With give, me, a, give me your thoughts on DeChambeau while we're on him. Um, yeah. Ah, that's a good You bet. like it, okay. He's not missed a cut this year, and he's got five top tens. I would put it's one just of my hundred on to be discounted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Paul Casey, the dwarf. No. Can't stand him, but Can't the guy's he's made his, his career. You won't, won't be able to wear the sunglasses because it's going to be raining. So I'm not sure. <laughs> By the oh, way, on wearing. the rain, I heard just as I was driving in that today's your last day of rain. I could be wrong, but that's what. Oh, really? On okay. the radio. Okay. Tommy Fleetwood, twenty-five to one. Nope. Jason Day, thirty to one. Nope. Bubba, thirty to one. Nope. Hideki Matsuyama, 28 to 1. Haven't had an Asian winner of this event, either Korean or Japanese. I don't see it. Chinese, I don't think he putts well enough. You're getting ready to come to my guy here in a minute. Mickelson, 40 to 1. Xander Schauffele, 40 to 1. Xander Schauffele shot a million last year. Ustazen. Boom. I would put Siwoo Kim as a first Asian before any of those other guys. Yeah, like and he's, he's even in the field. Best right now. Yeah. I love Ustazen. Ustazen, 40 to 1. And if you could give me that swing, Ronas, oh, I will do anything for you. That's well, come out here to the Ronas Academy. Come out here to the John Ronas Academy. Sign up for a 50-lesson package. Yeah. I got to shrink mm-hmm. to 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> Buck 10. Yeah. By the yeah. way, the 50-lesson package, your 51st lesson is free. So yeah. it's a good oh, deal. It really? right, it's a Absolutely. great deal. Pay it all yeah. up front, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Up of front, yeah. exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, and expires within a year, too. Yes. So you got to get them in. Uh, Adam Scott, 40 to 1. Does he still play golf? Mm-hmm. Patrick Reed, 50 to 1. Wow. Finau, 40 to 1. Why are we not on Finau? Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's had a good year, too. Mm-hmm. Mark Leishman, 50 to 1. Okay, stop there. Leaderboard hog right there. He is Leishman. relevant every major. But can't finish. Can't finish, doesn't finish. Finished, what, third or fourth last year? Doesn't win, though. I know, he's, he doesn't. He's the proverbial sneaky dark horse that looks good on Thursday, Friday. Is he Ed Sneed, the guy you brought up the other day? <laughs> we'll or talk about him in a second. Uh, Sergio, 50-1. to 1. No. Kuchar, 45-1. to 1. Kuchar's playing good. Stenson, 60-1. to 1. Patrick Cantlay, 66. Kevin Kisner, 66. Kisner, in a podcast recently, said he has no chance here. He's like, they just moved number five back to 495, so that's another bogey for me. <laughs> I like Cantlay. Great. You do? Okay. Gary Woodland, 70 to 1. 70 to 1. Why not throw? I'm throwing 100 on Kuchar. Yeah. Uh, Ian Ian Poulter, 80 to 1. I don't think he's ever done well. Cameron Smith, 80 to 1. Webb Simpson, 80. Hoffman. These guys are in the bazillion to 1. Webb Simpson shot six under final round last year, but barely got it under under, in the red with that round. Brant Snedeker. Matty Fitzpatrick, Siwoo Kim, Terrell Hatton, They're Lucas all... Bieregard, Schwartzel, Brandon Grace at 125 to 1. That's my long shot. Keegan Bradley, J.B. Holmes, Billy Horschel, Matt Wallace, Thorborn Olison, Eddie Pepperell, Zach Johnson, Alexander Norin, and on and on and on the list goes. I yeah. say Charles Howell is, a, is my long shot. Okay. No chance. That's good, though. Long shot. Might as well waste some money on that. Couples 501, longer 401. Best story would be longer winning somehow, which we know is not going to happen, but we can always dream. Yeah. Let's take a break here. Special Masters preview edition of the Zabecast. Myself, John Ronas, who we has kindly knocked out a lesson 
of left-handed beginners in his bay here so we could <laughs> record this. Yeah. Uh, it was a very lucrative one, but he didn't yeah. want to teach it. Right. And uh, one of Count Rhodes is on his way to Doral with his boys for a great golf trip. We're back after this. And we are back. It is the Zabecast. Myself, John Ronis. We are in his hitting bay at the Ronis Academy at River Creek Club. Johnny Rhodes, a.k.a. One Account over there. We got a threesome. We're playing fast today, and I like that. Okay. Masters. I was watching, I, I can't not watch it, the 86 highlight tape from Augusta that they played on Golf Channel. You guys have seen so that good. one before, right? So good. Many times. 50 times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed at the two moments that you and I, Rhodesy, always talk about. Seve, our guy, saying on number 13, mm. Fantastica. Fantastica. <laughs> Fantastica. As, as his, what was it, a four iron in the air? Mm-hmm. It was an iron, right? And, and you know, I, I to this day, pre-HD everything, believe that's one of the greatest sports telecasts of all time. I thought they put that – I don't know how they did it, but – Really? It was just epic. You know, the whole broadcast is available on YouTube now. The Masters put all those up on YouTube. Yeah. I've not watched the actual broadcast, but the official Augusta National highlight package show, which is like an hour – Yep. It includes highlights and it includes some footage, but it's not doesn't include the CBS announcers per se. No, they and I've gone although they're on there. I've been watching all the YouTube ones. It goes way back, and you might be surprised if you go back into the late '60s and see how good the broadcasts were. But of course, they would well, they come were on good. the air, and it was like we've got the last five holes for you. But they right. were good because we didn't know any better, and we didn't expect any good more. Point. Yes, no so reference to anything. It was better. very simple. It was very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, the other Seve one was him on fourteen, as in the middle of his shot in the air, he says some gibberish like, bang, da, bang, da, bang, bang, bang. "Yeah, what 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 do you say?" And I believe the Gary McCord who was on fourteen. Yep. This was 86 prior to McCord getting banned. Wasn't from that the his last year? Might have been. Uh, he said, well, I think that means be good in Spanish or something to that effect. But Seve unleashed some Spanish gibberish that sounded like, where'd the ball go? <laughs> I was kind of up there close. Not It wasn't a kick in well, or then, anything. Then they go to 15. And I'm just wide-eyed because he just did something for me. And he launches a tee shot with his big black persimmon and Ben Wright. That is huge. Huge. That is huge. Right, because he was down there past that little clump of pine trees on the left. And then what does he do? And he just smothered it in the water. I think that was the hand of God that said, no, no, today is Nicholas's day. Because what are the chances that Seve Ballesteros – and Greg Norman hit two of the worst shots you've ever seen. Seve into the water on 15, and Norman 30 feet right into the crowd. And Kite had a 15-footer on 18, too. Uh, Left it on the rim, I think. uh, To answer your question, what are the chances? In retrospect for Norman, pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) With Nicholas winning, the chances were 100% that all those things were going to happen. Yeah. So if Tiger, and I believe, I've said a long time ago, even at the depths of Tiger Woods's is he ever going to play again? I said he'll win one more tournament, and it'll be the Masters. He'll win one more major. It'll be the Masters. Short field, most local knowledge. I'm not saying he's winning it this week, but I can see it. I can, so, too. I, I can, too. I what a scene. It. 
So Tiger winning be... at 43, 44, 45, or 46, or even 47, like, do we think somebody's going to beat Nicholas's record of 46 years old? Yes. So yes. if it's not Tiger, it could be Phil. Phil, I think so. Well, I mean, let's, or let's see how be... these other guys come up. Right. It could you know, be anyone else. They stay in shape and they stay with the will. You know, they're going to have a lot more money than guys like Nicholas. And again, Nicholas was well on his way into architecture and everything else at that point. But um, it's just going to be the drive for them. They're in good enough shape. They will be in good enough shape, but it will be the drive. The other thing about yeah, I agree. The other thing about old school masters that I love to see, and it'll never come back, but they used to make the players take the local caddies. Oh, yeah. And the local caddies were all African-American, and they were all just smooth brothers from the 70s and 80s. And what was great about the old school caddies roads, they pimped the shit out of their man's birdies. Like, oh, yeah. They were like, yeah, yeah. fist pumping, oh, yeah. high fiving, yep. pointing. It was great. Well, probably because there were some bets going on in the caddy room Wait before they went out. They don't gamble oh, in the, in the, the caddy shack. Come on. Yeah, I got Nicholas. He's going to kick your boy's butt today. <laughs> yeah, that I love I that about the happened, old school. But... And, and wouldn't it be funny if they went back to making the players? Take a local caddy. It'll never happen. No. A bitch up a storm. No. They could, no. though. They have the power you know what? Augusta the does the, to do At the same it. time, the local caddy still doesn't have the mystique that the old school guys did. I know I know it's similar, but you had, you know, well, you had one, people from backgrounds that were so incredible coming out of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. They'd be 70 years old caddying, and they had lived through the— 40s, 50s, and 60s, and what this country went through, mm-hmm. and they were still kind of stuck in that little nook down in Augusta, Georgia, but that was their week to shine. And Oh, yeah. You know, you'd like to sit down and just talk with some of those guys. Oh, yeah, and what sit in the caddy saw. shack and listen to yeah. the stories. Well, the, the other thing was that, you know, Golf Channel did a piece on Tuesday, Monday night, about Ed Sneed, who lost in a playoff to one Frank Urban Zeller, Fuzzy, uh, in 1979, and Sneed said that that loss damn near broke him. It hurt him as a player. He was lost afterwards, really affected his career, and he talked about how on 11, where Fuzzy won it with his putt and then threw his, hand, threw his putter in the air, if you remember the highlight, the local caddy for Ed Sneed told him on his 10-footer, this putt does not go left. And Ed Sneed's like, I just couldn't see it, and I couldn't believe it. So I did the best I could, which was to leave it inside the hole, but sure enough, it slid right. Hmm. And they showed the putt sliding right. Wow. wow. Now, 79. Okay, we're, we're at Bent Grass Greens by then. So, yeah, I mean, you got to trust your local caddy, right? I mean, But imagine, like, this is what blows my mind, is how back then the most prestigious tournament in the world, which the Masters still was, had such a big hand with just a caddy that you rented for the week. You yeah, know? Think, Don't you have I've, to think you're – I've made it with this guy. Now I'm in a playoff. I've trusted him all week long. Right. You know, don't you have to think that – You would think. Yeah. But, but it comes down to this is for immortality. Yeah. In oh, golf yeah. sense. Absolutely. Do I really – uh. is he really seeing this, you know? Uh, it would be hard for me I'll to tell do. You, apparently yeah. you could ask Tom Weisskopf about this as well because he says – He's was ruined over several. Oh, major well, I losses. think there's a chance that Jordan Spieth has some 
serious issues with what has happened at Augusta. It, it could. He's won it could. twice. No, no, no. He but lost I mean, it once. Since. Oh, okay. Since number twelve yeah. when yeah. he was trying oh, to repeat. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure if he's... has he won it twelve twice or won yeah, it twice once. Okay. That was catastrophic, though. I mean, that's that's has he won it twice. I'm not. You don't get it. <laughs> not looking it. things up. I'm already I afraid. Molinari won it twice, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not Francisco. Uh, there is one brother, elephant in the room that we should talk about at Augusta, though, and and wonder what the tournament committee is talking about with the flags being left in. This oh week. my God, that's right. I have not because they were considering it's their tournament. They A were local considering rule. not allowing it, but they will. Yep. Apparently and they, they should. Will. And they should. I have a great story about the kid who won this week on a Monday qualifier. I don't know if you guys heard this story. Help me again with his name. Connors. Connors won this week. He was a Monday qualifier. And in order to get into the Valero, in the Monday qualifier, he birdied the last hole to get into a massive playoff. Six-way. Six-way playoff for one spot. One dude missed a three-footer. Because the flag rejected it. Because he left the flag in. And it rejected it. Whoa. And he gets in. Whoa. This guy doesn't. I believe that was to get in the event. And I uh, had wow. in Vegas, I had a side hill five footer get knocked out by the pin. Now, the one thing that I found, this is so funny as we're playing out there, I became a huge convert for leaving the pin in for one reason. It's so easy. It's It makes it's things easier. so yeah. quick. Yeah, Which is why they did it. Are you guys going to play in Doral with the pin in? Well, here's our move. This, we do this at our home club at Maryland National. Right. And with my friends is, hey, guys, unless, I, unless anyone asks, shall we assume the flag is out? But then to speed things up, if you're a 35, 40 footer, I'll just go ahead and putt. I get with it, the yeah. flag in, and and that to your point is very easy, and I do think it speeds things up a little. bit. Oh, it made it so fast, yeah, and there was yeah. so little administrative work of who's got it. Wait, let's go bring it in. Yeah. You come up first. Wait, mm-hmm. he's off the green. You yep. don't realize all the admin that goes into that stupid flag stick yep. until you just leave it in the whole time. Did you hear John Cook last night on on Golf Channel? What he feels about it? What he say? He thinks that flag is against the spirit of the golf rules because it's a visual aid for some people well that's what it is yeah so from an instructional standpoint yeah i take my kids and we're gonna uh, here at the putting green we're gonna put a real hole with a real flag in there a full flag stick yeah not because the little shorties yeah we're gonna put one full flag stick. Okay. it's not gonna be you know eight full flag sticks but <laughs> the whole purpose is if you're going to experiment with how far i should be away you should do it you with should do it on the putting green right 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 right, right. so with my kids that i'm teaching right now We've come up with a 12 to 15 pace, whatever they feel comfortable with. So when they are 13 paces and their threshold is 12, that pin stays in. When they're inside, that pin comes out. And you're doing that because you feel that's like the, the threshold, like the science the of visual. it. The visual. The visual. The non-expecting to make all those putts. And the fact is most likely not rejecting with the speed that mm-hmm. we should be. The visual of being able to lag it in the hole with that visual versus um, – the possibility of it slamming and going out or it's slamming and knocking it down. So I think the odds are a little bit in your favor with it 20, 25 feet to keep it in. Um, but inside of that, we've decided, my guys have decided that we're taking it out. Hmm. Yeah, that's we're taking yeah. it out unless someone asks. Yeah, We've got some guys, one legacy uh, Potomac Cup competitor that Kyle. comes out comes oh. out every now and then. Who, oh, Lee, Lee Plumbuster. You got yeah. it. He's Mr. Pin out. 
Uh-uh. Pin in. Everything. Oh. Everything. Okay. Well, he probably thinks it gives him advantage. I'm convinced it's a net neutral, that it'll kick out some and it'll keep in others, and that over the long haul, it'll even out. But I'll tell you this, downhill, sideways breaking putts, look out, because that pin will kick the ball out. I saw it with my own eyes. My ball was going dead center, but it was going downhill and to the right, and it hit that pin, spit yeah, yeah. it right out of the hole. Well, yep. we know what the, the what Augusta is all about, what the Masters Committee is all about. Every, it's all about the the optics, and that's the part that's driving them nuts is just how it looks. Yeah. In part, uh, it's about the optics. I wouldn't say it, it's though, already. all about the optics. I'm kind of getting used to it already. I really saw the not. girls this week, uh, the yeah. women's amateur event there. What did you think of that? Actually, the gee, man, Christmas. The shots that girl hit Jennifer at the Cupcho. end. That was tremendous. Yeah. Um, she got a real crystal goblet for her eagle on 13, just like the men do. How nice I is love that? it. But I do believe our second place finisher is going to be the one that makes the most endorsement money. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving <right along. laughs> Wow, they're both wholesome young ladies. Yeah. <laughs> but can she play? She she can she second. play at the... Okay, where's, where's Jenny Shasiraporn these days? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of you know this, money. as an instructor, Johnny Ronas. There's a lot of good young players, men and women, who end up sort of petering out yeah. once they turn pro. I agree, but I think on the women's side, you know, these there's a, a certain cultural thing where you say, "I'm a woman. I'd like to get married. I'd like to have some children." Sure. And so I think that shortens your career considerably. So I think a lot of those girls made their money and they're incredibly respected and then they decided to go on that second part of their life which is that i think the guys just hang on for dear life you know? <laughs> too long a lot. Right. oh i'm sure for yeah. too long you know as long as they have someone to pay the bills or you know take care of the kids they're hanging yeah. on for but for, i do know for those, dear life those top two girls of that last week's event are already slated to start their tour careers okay next year you like, had to love the college. sportsmanship yeah, it was maybe you know, a little all, too much. Girls, <laughs> a little too much. Yeah, the girls, I've been pissed. Girls You'd be are like, always too like friendly. That. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't like that. That's how the girls play. I know they, they really they, do. They, they're and they're genuine about it. They're fierce competitors and they're really good. But they are at the end of the day, they can seem to compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. Where the guys are like, I'll give you a hug and then bite your ear off like Tyson. That's I mean, probably because we're guys, too insecure. Even the guys are getting chummier nowadays. But they don't want to. Even the guys. They just feel they have to. Fa- Faldo was saying how he didn't like how chummy some of the guys were out there. I don't like it. I don't on think the they BJ are. Tour. Oh, think, no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. I some think are. they are, but I think in the, the back Baker of their mind, they're like, you know, shoot, I wish I would have won. Even Justin Thomas said that. He was like, yeah, I see Jordan up there, and, you know, I'm happy for him and everything, but I wish I was winning him. Well, it's different from not liking somebody. Just saying I wish yeah. I won is different from I can't stand this dude. I, well, right. I hope he right. shoots okay. a trillion. I think there's less of that. You're okay. right. Right. I mean, right. they all hate Bubba, but other than that. They come over <laughs> here to play golf in college, and they they live in Orlando. and Yeah, and they see each other more because of all the national tournaments. It's like, um, you know, the basketball or even the baseball situation. Mm-hmm. These kids see each other all the time now, mm-hmm. so right. they become friendly. Real quick as we wrap this up, advice. People always ask me advice. I'm going to the Masters Aid for the first time. I know you've been – What's your advice? You guys have both been. Well, my advice is to first walk the golf course, the entire golf course. And I like to walk it from hole number one straight. I'm, a, I'm usually a backwards guy, but I want to walk that course from number one 
right down through 18. And you'll be tired at that point. Then oh, stop and yeah. get yourself a $2.50 sandwich. And then park yourself either at 12, um, 11, 12, and see him teen off. Or, I think or 12 is overrated. is stunning. Um, you think 12 is overrated? Six, 16, 16 is, is the beating heart of the entire course. And you see 17 teen off. You also see 6 T and 6 green there. 16 is a stunning place to be in the practice round. They're skipping them over the water. Mm-hmm. It's as I've always said to people, they're like, you know, when I went to, to the masters for the first time and I walked in there and they said, you know, there's no way it could possibly be what you expected. I had been waiting probably 35 years at that time. I was probably 30, 35 years old. And I walked in there. It was like Dorothy opening the door to Munchkin land that you just walk through those gates and you're like, Oh my goodness, this is yeah. everything. I expected and more. So I told my wife, I was just sitting on the couch with the other day, and I said, you know what? Next year, we're going to Augusta. You have to see this. Plus, I want to go back. Good. I, I don't believe that you have to even be a golf fan to no, uh, you just don't. fall in love with that place. And, you know, so Johnny said several things that I would agree with, including starting at hole one and walking the entire course. Last year, I went for the first time in my life. What and I, days? A week from ago, a year ago this day. So I was just there on Tuesday. All right, so it's Tuesday practice. Perfect right? weather. Yeah. Luckily, perfect weather. Yeah, it's great. And um, I was with my father-in-law, brother-in-law, and my cousin-in-law. And I, you, this is going to sound petty, but I think you want to go with someone that's not going to talk your ear off. <laughs> I... And they didn't. <laughs> they knew how much I wanted to be there, and I just you to got watch, quiet, and absorb, yeah. in. Yeah, okay. And and as talkative as I can be at times, I was so. You didn't want a guy of myself. You didn't yeah. want a guy going, "Hey, where's Rory? Do you think you think Justin right. has a chance yeah. to win this one? Where? What do you want? Yeah. Let's go get a shirt. You got want a beer? Oh, I got to get a beer. Take some, go into that pro shop, by the way, and it is a new pro shop. I don't know when you went. It's um, no, I was out. It's there. a merchandise pavilion. I was in the merchandise no, pavilion. No, no, it used to be. It is now a shop, a building. Okay, that is well, yeah. run like. Oh, it's NASA. A, it's always runs, been run unbelievable. Yeah, totally well. efficient, and they ship it all home I, for you. One, They're like, have, give us your address. We'll box it up. I we'll have, send it. I do have mm-hmm. one more piece of advice, and that is to go when you're young. And if you plan on taking your parents or your whoever, go before they get to the point where they can't move too well because the walk is very difficult. I took my dad for his either 70th or 75th birthday. And um, I wanted to make sure, because I had gone before, that he went when he could walk it because it is a tough walk. Okay. There's no question. I, what's yeah. the best hole? What's the worst hole there? Ooh. Best hole, worst hole at Augusta. Golly, I I'll still st- think the – go ahead. I'll start while you think. Best hole is number 13. In fact, that's the best that's golf hole on the planet. Yeah. It is the most aesthetically perfect, the most strategically diverse. It is as if, as if God himself crafted that hole. Not even a debate. Worst hole in the course is number four, the par three. They've lengthened it to like 235. Yeah. It's got a tiny shelf on the back right over the bunker, which you almost can't get to. And it's got a tiny little finger down left, which is also way too small. It makes no sense to me. It's not even a fair par three. I hate it. 
There you go. My fa- my best worst hole at Augusta National. Yeah, the, uh, the I would agree, actually, with both of those. I could put 15 in there with 13 just because you got the backdrop of 16 and the cheers on 16. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with that. And you're right. That, that, that par 3 wasn't made to be 230 yards long. The green isn't set up for that either. Um, well, they were lengthening it, but it's always like boring. 200 like or so. Like nine's kind of boring. You know, it just goes down, and then they're hitting up right. there. But, yeah, I about think you're 14? right. Rhodes, best, worst hole at Augusta. Well, I, I agree with your worst. Um, okay. Put wedges in their hands. See how, how they keep it on top of that shelf instead of spinning it back off of there. All right. Um, and 13, I don't think any there's any chance anyone could ever recreate that hole. I know there have been some courses that have tried. You yes. can't. It is just perfect. And then I'll give you an underrated hole, and that is number one. That is a scary tee shot. It's too hard. It's tee hard. shot. Tee shot is a bear up the hill. The You're bunker pitches like in. You can hit it out of bounds if you go further right. Yeah. Uh, and the green is one of the most severe on the course. Yeah. Yeah. I just with it's, a ton of hard. You know what's another great hole is two. I like two. Two's another great hole because it's a risk reward. It's a. It's you, know, you got to bend it around the corner on risk. a downhill lie. I guess you're right. I think it's getting too easy these days. That's how far those these guys. guys hit it. Yeah, but that's a cool hole to not to watch because it is if you're a patron, it's a little elevated. I okay. think where you're standing, um, uh, that back nine is is literally goosebumps. And and oh. <laughs> and here's my controversial hot take: sixteen is too Mickey Mouse. Sixteen does not properly reward or punish good golf shots it's just a big old bank shot throw it up there let it roll down to the pin i know it makes for exciting sundays i get it i just think it's it's too much of a throw it up there i I don't think there's much to the hole that's a controversial hot take there you go brought to you by hot pockets today's hot take that is dead wrong you love that hole yeah i didn't say i don't love it i said i i think it's too easy i mean i see guys if there's a little too much adrenaline in your hands and you're on the top shelf with the pins low left on Sunday, you will not two putt. You're, uh, you've yeah. lost. Yeah. If you're in contention, I, I mean, it doesn't ever stay up on top though. That's the thing. If you're going to make that a tiered green, make it a more sharply tiered green so that it can actually stay up top. It almost never stays up there. And then they got that pin position on 16 up against the back right bunker. Yeah, that's, that is impossible. That's, that's brutal. That's Friday, right? That's brutal. That's yeah, yeah, or really Saturday first maybe. Few yeah. Days. That's that really is, hard. And if you're in that bunker to the right of that, you just want to keep it. If you yeah. do go, and I'll end on this, we'll end on this. If you do go, make sure late in the afternoon, hopefully we've got a golden sunshine spring day in Augusta, Georgia. Make sure you get to number 15 where they have a crosswalk for fans, patrons, excuse me. And you can walk across the fairway on the crest of the hill looking down at the 15th green and seeing through to the 16th. And if the sun is just right and the weather is beautiful, you will think you died and went to heaven. It is the most breathtaking, awe-inspiring thing. And you're walking in the middle of that fairway thinking, my God, what if I was playing right now? It's yep. incredible. Yeah, you said it all. You just read my – that's exactly what went and through you guys, my mind. Did you go through that crosswalk that's, at 15? Yeah. And to, yeah. to add to that – They don't let you linger, but inside, walk real yeah. slow. But you're way if inside you, the ropes. If you stop, you're then the, the, then the, the patrons yeah. are going to say uh, – or, I mean, the uh, marshals say, keep it moving. Yeah. Well, it's literally like you're walking over point. a bridge looking at crocodiles. I mean, you're walking over. You're going as slow as you possibly can. Right. Because you're just trying to catch that glimpse of you would never other have it because you're inside the ropes. And, and the one thought that went through my mind standing there was – 
this if I had a wedge in my hand from here, where do you hit it? It looks like it, it's about the width of a hot dog. It's it's, oh, it's incredible. Depth of a hot dog. It's just incredible. Yeah. All right, it's boys, a cool place. Let's hope for a great Masters. Johnny, will you send us and tweet us pictures from Doral? I can't wait. With you and your yes, boys. I will. Uh, for absolutely the finest in golf instruction, come out and see Mr. Ronas here at the Ronas Academy at River Creek. It is finally spring. It's warm. It's great. And I thank you guys for giving me an hour to ner- nerd out on golf. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Today. All right, boys. Thanks, John. Back to the grind. We'll end on this. Dwayne Wade is going to get therapy for his retirement. I got to say, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Talk about a preemptive, very smart thing to do. Before you go off into the non-basketball playing rest of your life, just go right into your therapist's office and say, okay, let's start from the start. What am I going to do now? Said uh, in in an interview with ESPN's Rachel Nichols last Friday, Wade says he has overcome a skeptical attitude and embraced the idea of talking to a clinician. I'll be in therapy. Seriously, Wade said, I meant it. It's going to be a big change. I told my wife, I said, I need to do therapy and we need to do a little bit as well. I was always against someone that didn't know me telling me how to live my life or giving me instructions, but I need someone to talk to about it because it's a big change. Even though I got a long life to live, other great things I can accomplish and do, it's not this. So it's going to be different. Good for him, man. Smart. I can only imagine, and I think most of us on the couch don't even understand it. What is it like to go from being the fucking man? To be an athlete, fame, fortune, performing, dominating your sport, Night in, night out, rock star life. And then eventually you hang them up and the crowds aren't there and you become a little less relevant and a little less relevant and a little less relevant every single day. Even if you are a Hall of Famer like Dwayne Wade, who will be recognized in airports and restaurants for the rest of his life, it's still got to be a big come down for athletes and so good for Dwayne Wade. Going right into therapy. That'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow is Thursday. The Masters will be underway. It's glorious. It's the greatest celebration of golf every year on the sports calendar. And I apologize that you could get battered with an excessive amount of golf talk, both on the radio and this podcast in the next couple of days. You're just going to have to deal with it. And then it'll be over on Monday. And then we'll move on. It'll be a little blurb for the U.S. Open. That's about it. And an even smaller blurb for the British Open. And then we're on to football. You'll live, people. You'll live. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have yourselves a great night. And we will see you next time. Like a dog on the freeway, we'll fly.